On this episode of Dispatch, we talk a little sports. Some huge names go ex-dividend, and one of them leads the way in search trends, too. And somebody please put the coffee on. I'm recording this show the day after the Dividend.com Christmas party. Welcome to Dispatch. Greetings and salutations, my friends. Happy to have you along for another installment of the Dividend Dispatch, the ultimate show for dividend investors brought to you by Dividend.com. This is your friend Jeff easing you into the first full week of December. Hanukkah kicks off this week, so a happy Hanukkah to all of you who celebrate the Festival of Lights. Coming up on today's episode, we've got everything you need to know about the markets between your desk and your door. Starting with the Dividend Market Minute, a recap of the week that was and the week that's coming at you all from a dividend investor's perspective. Then it's Dividend Search Trends, a window into the mind of dividend investors. By looking at last week's most popular search queries on Dividend.com, we get a little insight into the future. And of course, they're all anonymous. Then I'll take you through the marquee stocks going ex-dividend next week. Then lastly, the fan favorite, our O bleep moment, a segment of the show in which we look back at some financial blunders that would certainly make anyone living in that moment or experiencing it at that time say, oh, bleep. And tying a bow on it all, investment philosophies, this week's philosophical statement is one you certainly will not want to miss. You can reach me anytime on Twitter at Dividend.com. Spell the word dot when you do it. Use the hashtag DivDispatch on Facebook or Twitter to generate dialogue with myself and the Dividend Investing community. Time now for the Dividend Market Minute. It's time now for the Dividend Market Minute, where we take a quick overview at what happened last week and tee up what's coming at us in the week ahead, all from, as I said, the Dividend Investor's perspective. You can catch a much more in-depth version of this online anytime that you wish on Dividend.com. With the last trading month of the year now in session, we're not exactly seeing the start of the Santa Claus rally that everyone was hoping for. Once again, the culprit was the Federal Reserve. You guessed it. All eyes are on the Fed and its historic decision to raise rates later this month, or not raise rates. And while much of the data is pointing to that eventual rise, some metrics haven't quite been so rosy, and there is still a chance that the Fed won't raise rates this year. And that has us as investors on edge. And with edge, we get a hefty dose of volatility. Not helping is the lack of earnings and guidance from stocks. The so-called earnings season is basically over, and the number of firms reporting is almost zero. The ones that are, well, they're mostly consumer stocks, and wow, they have had a really amplified effect on the markets. All in all, the Fed and the clear lack of earnings and data direction is throwing us as investors for a loop. Let's take a look at some big headlines from last week. November still had a chance to move into real positive territory on Monday, but sadly, that wasn't in the cards. Data released for the day was actually pretty light, with only the Chicago PMI and pending home sales being released. Both metrics were worse than expected. The Chicago PMI showed a contraction in manufacturing activity, while pending home sales also showed a decline. These metrics were overshadowed by preliminary reports that Black Friday was a bust for many retailers. But I'm still waiting to hear from Amazon and all the big online retailers just to truly see if Black Friday was actually a bust. 
Based on Tuesday's price actions, you would have thought that the Santa Claus rally was here and alive and well. The Dow Jones surged, the S&P jumped 22 points, and as well the Nasdaq was up almost 50 points. The reason behind the surge was the idea of extra stimulus entering the world's economies. The European Central Bank, also known as the ECB, continued with its idea of anything it takes in order to prop up Europe's dragging economy. Meanwhile, here at home, the latest ISM manufacturing PMI number came in at a very disappointing 48.6, indicating some contraction in the manufacturing sector. Wednesday, not so kind to the markets. The day began with prices for crude oil as they broke $40 per barrel. That hurt energy shares in the major indexes. The real key was Janet Yellen. During a speech, Yellen expressed her confidence in the U.S. economy and basically signaled that the rate hike was coming. Helping her cause was the recently reported ADP employment numbers. The change in the numbers of employed people during the previous month surprised on the upside and came in at 217,000. Bullish data in the Fed's beige book also indicated the rate hike was coming and markets were not a fan of this bullishness. All three major indices sagged. Thursday continued the pain for the markets for starters. The stimulus measures proposed by the ECB failed to ignite investors' hopes. And here on home soil, unemployment claims came in at target point 269,000, while ISM non-manufacturing numbers showed a decline but positive number. Janet Yellen also gave bullish testimony before Congress. All three major indices sagged. Friday was positive. Uh, the days ended in the green. So here's a look at the week that's coming at us. While the week I just recap was full of heartbreak, this week coming at us promises to be a tad bit better in terms of the amount of things we need to think about. And we're still in limbo regarding the Fed's yes, no, maybe so approach to the rate rise. Economic data and earnings will be very light. Retail sales, consumer sentiment figures, and unemployment claims are the only real show in town. And the day-to-day -day investors could use the break. As we all know, the Federal Reserve's interest rate decision is looming and the volatility that that will bring. As I said, the news of the week will come from data such as core retail sales, unemployment figures, and consumer sentiment metrics, as well as inflationary numbers. All the goodies that the Fed will look to when contemplating what to do about the interest rate rise. The yes-no, maybe-so approach continues. Much of the data comes in at the end of the week, but let's break the week down anyway. The only two metrics being reported Monday are consumer credit figures and the Fed's labor market conditions index. Both tend to have a real muted effect on the market, so you know not too much, not too much to worry about there. Tuesday continues the week's trends of relative calm. The only data point of value is the Bureau of Labor Statistics job openings and labor turnover summary. Ah, the old jolts report. Easier to say jolts than to do the whole thing. Last month, the metric surprised to the upside by a decent amount. A positive showing like that, again, could help show that the labor market and the economy in the U.S. is doing better than estimated and could prove to be a very valuable indicator for the Fed. So have an eye on that. Wednesday, we'll see the release Census Bureau's month-over-month -month wholesale inventories number. The measure is a predictor of future business spending because companies are more likely to purchase goods once they've depleted their inventories. Makes sense. Lately, the metric has trended downwards. Perhaps the biggest piece of data of the day will be weekly oil inventories. 
Any increases could send oil prices downwards. And given energy stocks' previous price action in the face of dropping prices, the markets could be in for a down day there, depending on what happens. Thursday is when we get to the real meat. The biggest item will be unemployment claims. The measure of newly filed unemployed people recently dropped to 269,000 after rising from the previous two weeks. Friday will be D-Day for December, at least on the verge of a rate rise. That's how I'm looking at it when you factor in all the data that's coming in previously. Friday, the deluge of data is finally here and it's all about the consumer. To start with, we'll see a duo of data from the Census Bureau. The agency will report monthly core and regular retail sales. Last month, both metrics increased, but not at predicted rates. Also weighing heavily on the future direction of the market, the holidays and economy will be the University of Michigan's Consumer Sentiment Index. The number was revised downwards, and the measure of how consumers are feeling was actually less than stellar when compared to the first reported number. Also being released is the Bureau of Labor Statistics Producer Price Index. The measure of inflation might continue its downtrend as energy prices continue to drop. Low or no inflation may give the Fed reason to pause. So in summation, even though the data and earnings will remain quite airy for the week, you may still want to expect fireworks. And with the Fed's big rate decision just a week away, any hiccup or any bump could really move up the volatility in the markets. All in all, the Fed will be the main thing on my mind and probably your mind too this week. Dividend search trends. Dividend search trends. Ever wondered what weird and wonderful things your compatriots of the dividend variety are looking up on the internet? Me too. So we had an insight into Dividend.com last week. Of course, it was all anonymous. And I want to share with you the top five. At five and four, both automotive makers, car sales overall were very great for November. Ford is number five. Why? As I said, slight increase in November sales. Overall, a good month in general for auto sales. Number four, Toyota, tying in with my previous points that I keep repeating. Forecasts for the month's auto sales were 18 million. Actual number was 18.2, which matches last month's number as well, showing that things are healthy in the automotive sector. Number three, UPS. And compared to FedEx, they have more revenue, three times the net income of FedEx, a higher dividend yield, and yet the stock still is undervalued. Plus, Christmas is coming, the goose is getting fat, so this could be a smart pre-holiday buy, and UPS only set to grow. Canadian banks! They round out the top two. Hang on. I'm just going to let this national anthem breathe. Canada under new prime minister as well. So number two, Bank of Nova Scotia, a very diversified Canadian bank that just released record Q4 profits. And the number one search trend, BMO, the stalwart Canadian bank just increased its dividend. And you may not make a ton of yield on this purchase if you're so inclined, as the as the price is just shy of its 52-week highs. All but guaranteed dividends await if you purchase this stock especially ahead of the rate rise. As I said in last week's episode, banks are a smart buy. Here are the top 15 stocks going ex-dividend during the week of December 7th. 
Get them now, hold them, capitalize on that dividend. In no particular order, Amaran Corp, Nike, Hewlett-Packard, Travelers Co., Becton Dickinson, CME Group, Automatic Data Processing, Johnson Controls, Telus Corp., Reynolds American, FedEx, The Walt Disney Company, Digital Realty Trust, Merck, and Public Storage. You're listening to Dividend Dose on Dividend.com. It's time now for the oh bleep moment. It's that magical part of the show in which we look back at some of the biggest financial blunders in history. Those kinds of moments that would make anyone living in that particular time or in that moment say, oh bleep. And now you may have noticed that I've started to say bleep instead of the other word. Yes, that's right. The editing of the other word to make it sound perfect, to make sure that it, you know no one actually got offended was so time consuming. And as they say, time is the thief of youth. And I try to govern the clock, not be governed by it. So today's oblique moment, other than me paying my rent twice for the month of December, thanks to a canceled auto payment that never actually canceled, no big deal, in light of the $217 million contract between the Boston Red Sox and David Price, we're going to look at one of the worst sports contracts in history. I'm not saying that the Price deal is a terrible contract. I'm not not saying that. Uh, it's great for Price, quarter of a billion dollars for seven years to play baseball. Price will give you innings and wins, but his playoff record will leave much to be desired. And the value, by the way, for all you number crunchers, $85,000 a day, roughly. $85,000 a day. Oh, that'd be nice. But maybe in seven years from now, we will discuss how this is a terrible deal. For now, we are going to go to Long Island circa 2006, home of the New York Islanders, well, they play in Brooklyn now, but at the time of this story, they played on Long Island, where Charles Wang, notable billionaire, crazy successful entrepreneur, not so successful hockey owner, decided to give his goaltender at the time, Rick DiPietro, a 15-year, $67.5 million contract. Now, DiPietro was good, and he was the league's number one draft pick in 2000, but that's a hell of a long contract for a hockey player, especially when he could have probably signed him for five to seven years and gotten away with it. But at that time, long-term contracts that circumvented the salary cap were kind of in vogue. So I guess the eccentric Wang just said, take it all, you're good, and I'll be good with you on the squad. Well, two years after the deal, DiPietro became plagued with injuries. First his knee blew out, then there were concussions, and then there were hip issues. He only ever went on to play 50 more NHL games after this contract was signed. This was a financial debacle, to say the least, especially for an Islanders team that is one of the lowest revenue-generating organizations in the NHL. In the end, the two sides did work out a deal, though, and in 2013, the club agreed to kibosh the old deal and paid DiPietro $1.5 million for each of the next 16 years, which is double the number of years left on his original 15-year contract. However, that money wouldn't count against the Islanders' salary cap, which is a bonus for the squad. The Islanders save a few bucks. DiPietro makes a million and a half a year. Not a bad deal, especially when you factor in that he works for ESPN now on the radio side, so he's getting a salary from them as well. So it's a good deal for him. It's an okay deal for the New York Islanders now because they've put a Band-Aid over a terrible situation. But certainly a gigantic financial blunder. And if any of you ever find yourselves 
as the general manager or as the owner of a professional sports team, maybe think twice about signing a 15-year deal or even a decade-long deal with a star player. Investment philosophies. We're drawing to the end of the show, which means it's time for investment philosophies, parting words to aid you in your voyage of life and your voyage of dividend investing, which, when you think about it, it's kind of the same thing. You buy them early, you hold till you're gray, and then you go spend some of the money on the grandkids. This week's investment philosophy goes like this. When the winds of change blow, some people either build walls or build windmills, which is a great way to look at life too. When life hands you lemons, make lemonade, or find somebody else whose life has handed them vodka. So as the wind changes, adapt, set your sails to new sites, change your sails to adapt to the wind, set your sights somewhere else, zig on the zag. You can buy clean energy stocks that pay dividends. Enbridge, for example, just last week invested 200 million US dollars into wind farms in West Virginia. I say US dollars because earlier this month, the company announced it was investing 750 million Canadian dollars into a one quarter stake in a 400 megawatt UK offshore wind project. So you could purchase those stocks as well. Everything changes, make sure you are prepared. That's it for me. Stay the course, don't get rattled. Have a lovely week and remember, hesitation is resignation. So if you're not sure what to do, hold steady, but certainly don't make any rash decisions.